0: The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. This recording is in progress. What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome, welcome. You know, ah, I give you a moment to decompress. I give you at least 30 seconds because you're probably either coming out of a meeting or coming off of a call, and I know what that struggle is. So get into the learning mode uh shout out to you make sure that you change your chat settings down at the bottom right hand corner i think it's this way of your screen and put everyone and let us know where you're tuning in from in the chat we're all pretty well traveled i like to see the places that we've been who's going to be first redding what's popping redding uh portland oregon i love your culture man Kansas
1: City, somebody had a good
0: weekend. Yo, KC, I'm surprised <laughs> you're even like vertical right now. Shout out <laughs> KC for the win. ATL always repping. Chicago. Chicago. You know, that I've learned a couple of things about my travels. You don't call Chicago Chi-Town while you're in Chicago, number one. You do not ask for ketchup on a hot dog in Chicago. <laughs> they will throw things at you uh yeah interesting shit and then also you refer to san francisco as the city not san fran apparently that's like not a thing (laughs) all right so welcome back to today's daily episode of sell better by daily sell better by jv sales daily sales show we're here to show you how to use linkedin to power pipeline growth Uh, like i said make sure you change your chat settings down to everyone uh, we're going to tell you all kinds of things today, so make sure you're on point paying attention. Shout out to Long Beach, California. I am your host, James Say What Sales Buckley, and today I am here to tell you everything you need to know about growing pipeline on LinkedIn. Easy, right? Everybody says it. How do we do it? Uh, today I am joined by Leslie Vinets. I believe I'm saying that correctly.
1: You You always nail it. You're one of the few.
0: Yes, dude. I'm going to get it right. <laughs> I swear it. Uh, Founder of Sales Team Builder. She's a new founder that's focused on interactive workshops, obviously leverages LinkedIn, and teaches others to do so as well. So welcome to the show. We're also joined by Nick Verity. I got that right? Yep. Yes. All right. Of Cleverly. This man started right out of college, and for four years now, he's been rapidly growing. His entire organization is focused on content that leads to revenue. That should be highly relevant to anybody in this room looking to leverage LinkedIn. Uh, So here, let's cut through some some stuff. Okay, so if you're looking to level up, we have you covered in 2023. You guys can use our daily show. You can also go and become a member. You can also join our corporate sales training that we have for your team. So those are the three ways that you guys can become a part of sellbetter.xyz or go ahead and scan that QR code right there on your screen. I love the QR code. We just added that recently. Totally dope. Shout out to our partners over at Vidyard. We appreciate Vidyard. We couldn't do this show without them. I'm going to go ahead and launch this poll right now. What are you? That's what we want to know. We're going to cover two sides of the quarter here. So I want you guys to take part in this poll because there's probably a few different ways that we could talk about leveraging LinkedIn. Let me tell you a little bit about what you are going to get today. We're talking about how to search for prospects and cut out the noise. Best and worst ways, right? So this will be where audience participation becomes a lot of fun. And the types of content that actually do work, the best ways to leverage LinkedIn. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, All right, here's my question. You said that we were excited to cover both sides of the the fence here uh, for SalesNav, for people that use SalesNav, and people that don't. What was your experience like, Nick, uh, after, before and after? And then I'll follow up with Leslie, because I have a question for her about it as well.
2: Well, before I had Sales Navigator, the first shock I experienced was... Just being able to search anyone and message them for free like send them a connection request and so you don't need sales nap to do that so the easiest way to get started and get traction i think is without but for us and our clients we like to save multiple lists um which you can only do with sales navigator because we keep coming back to them as a process and messaging them so that's like the difference for us
0: gotcha Uh, I know it made a massive difference for me. I spent a lot of time doing things manually and using spreadsheets before I had LinkedIn Sales Navigator, and that was quite frustrating for me. Uh, Leslie, when you and I were talking about this, getting it going, uh, you have over a decade of experience as a sales leader as well. What would you say the top SDRs should be focused on? I see, oh, it's, it's actually more AEs in the room than SDRs right now. Check this results out. Nice. 43% AEs looking to leverage LinkedIn. Nice. Uh, so SDRs and AEs, obvious front runners. What should they be focused on right now in 2023 that's
2: working on LinkedIn?
1: Yeah. And we're seeing a lot of AEs move to more full cycle roles or pick up responsibility for setting some of their uh, own meetings, which I think is something that's going to continue through, you know, through 2023. Uh, I would say the number one thing is leverage the filters in sales nav. To build tight little lists, like you don't have to have lists that are hundreds of people. You yeah. can have a list that's twelve people, and it can still be an incredible list. Um, and I just don't think people are going deep enough with those filters to to make their list tighter.
0: Yeah, and you know that's one of the reasons that Sales Navigator has become so popular. Nick, break it down for me here. You started using Sales Navigator and it allowed you to create these persona based lists. So I kind of want you to talk about these. Then also talk about the investment, right? I mean, sometimes you just have to invest in this yourself. Sometimes you don't wait for your company to do it, and you do it because it helps you be successful, right?
2: Yeah, 100%. I mean, we always start clients off with a couple different lists that they're comfortable with. If they're enterprise AEs, it's usually account-based, so we literally plug in three to ten companies that they're going after, and then just go after like one department so that you can personalize a message at scale to all of them instead of like one by one hyper-personalized depending by how enterprise you get i know leslie is is, takes a much more personalized approach which is also extremely effective but for us some things i really like doing are like um people in your local city so not los angeles but santa monica and then Mm -hmm. saying hey just connecting with other leaders in santa monica um, you know, let's connect stuff like that actually gets like a 30, 40% acceptance rate. Um, so that things you have in common with people, you know, all those personas on that, on that slide.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Leslie, you said that you spent a lot of time selling at the enterprise level and that sometimes those things that we think are common are not all that common. And at the enterprise space, it's a little less effective. Can you talk about that a little bit so that people understand? And then I want to launch this poll while she's talking about that because we're going to tailor this conversation one way or the other. So let us know uh, if you're currently a LinkedIn sales navigator user or if you're not. Leslie, talk about Enterprise.
1: Absolutely. And I'll preface this by saying any attempt at personalization is better than just not putting in the effort. So, so I encourage folks to do it, even if you get it wrong, even if you, you know, it's a sort of journey to get where you ultimately want to be with your personalization chops, like still, still worth putting in the effort. Um, I err much more on the side of relevance to why the buyer should give a heck about wanting to speak to me over personalization. Um, and I think a distinction and something that we talked about in our, our pre-call was the difference between personalization and hyper personalization. And so some of these sequences that it sounds like Nick is getting people started on, which are awesome, are those personalizations. We live in the same place. We went to the same university, creating those commonalities and that sense of connection. To penetrate the enterprise, I've had more success with going hyper-personalized, meaning here's what I know is Important to a CFO that's less than a year in seed at a Fortune 500 CPG company that just released their first CSR statement, like some of those layers built built in.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know that's one of the things that that you had mentioned. We'll talk about layers later because I like how you said it when you said it when when we were prepping for this call. I'm going to share some of these results so that the two of you can see where we're at it looks like we it looks like we could probably go a little bit even here like tactics without linkedin sales navigator and then if you have navigator here's a technique that you can use so let's keep that in mind as we move forward i really like that zero percent of you are like what the hell is that because <laughs> it means that they've done a great job to make it in front of all of you that could potentially use it uh be sure and throw your questions in the q a we will leave time for the top three questions uh and uh one quick rule uh, please don't put links in the chat that get distracting for everybody. Uh, We will add links in the chat as needed. Uh, Speaking of links, I wanna give you guys something. This value drop, we know that we give you guys one of these every single day, so that's gonna change things for you right away. We have a live event coming tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern. Lily Austin, we're really excited to have Lily on as a host. We're Christine Rogers from Aspireship and Jamal Reiner, Mega Deal Secrets, uh, these these two individuals have a lot of knowledge and Lily is fantastic. So I'm putting a link in the chat right now. They're going to show you how to stand out when you're selling to executives, specifically executives. So go ahead and grab that link that's in the chat and be there for tomorrow's show. Uh, let's have a little bit of fun here because I want to talk about some of the worst ways that people reach out on LinkedIn. Uh, I think this list belonged to you, Nick. So Run down some of these, and then Leslie and I, we can kind of fill in some things that we've seen lately that have been ineffective.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'll split through these. They seem obvious, but 95% of outreach is like this. I think everyone in the audience has gotten really crappy connection requests. Um, It's pretty simple. Uh, The rules that we do, this actually transformed our company when we realized this, was instead of connecting and pitching... Um, now we connect and then ask a question in the second message. And just our goal is to start a good sales conversation. So like good insider questions that are, like Leslie said, relevant to the audience actually get you like a 30, 40, 50% reply rate. Um, so no more connect and pitch, um, only build hyper-relevant lists, and then understand that we're reaching out outbound to someone they're not necessarily already interested in what you have to sell this is not an inbound channel so you really have to like capture their attention in split seconds i'm talking like one to three lines max in all your messages um start a conversation and then offer value and that's really that's really our philosophy um for clients
0: uh it's a good philosophy. Offering value. I want to hover over that for just a minute because, Leslie, when you when you talked about going layers deep, I think this is where salespeople could stand to take a step back from that hard push on LinkedIn that's been so common for far too long and offer some value. So relevance, offering value, how do we connect these two for SDRs and AEs in the room?
1: Yeah. Uh, like I think that That Nick's take on using LinkedIn as a way to start a conversation is such a powerful way to, to frame it. And the last bullet point there, I think the last two, one was like provide value. The other one was earn the conversation. And the framework that I always use is that we are earning the right to the prospects time and we're earning the right to their attention. And the way to not do that is by talking about ourselves our company, our product, because they don't care. Like we haven't earned the right for them to give a heck about us or our company yet or our product yet. Um, And one of my favorite, favorite techniques is to make deposits. Um, And so that deposit can be anything from, here's a free copy of a white paper. I like to go even a little bit further because a white paper can feel overwhelming. So here's a copy of a white paper we just released. Take a look at the insights on page 12 I think that's most relevant for our xyz company based on on what i've read um so tying in that opportunity to give something before you ask for something and then really making sure it's as easy as possible on your buyer to consume that value that you're delivering
0: nick thoughts adding value where where it's relevant what's a what's a good example that you would give people for adding value for value-based messaging on linkedin
2: Yeah, the only thing is I think a lot of people miss with value. To me, value needs to be tactical, actionable, free, and really, really strong. Um, It can't just be like, hey, let's jump on. I'll give you a consultation. You know, like, what are you really giving me? So there's people that sell like physical products or video products. And I'll be like, "Um, hey, can I send you like a SEO breakdown of your website over a video? And then that often gets someone to say yes, right? So a software sell that's actually valuable is is the key. But once you hit like an offer that's super valuable, it becomes a tripwire you can use all day long.
1: Yeah. Like it's it's not a gift if you're sending something to somebody that they don't want. And you get that a lot, or at least I see that a lot in my LinkedIn inbox, that it is something that's not relevant to me, something I don't want to do, something I didn't ask for, and then they'll just resend that deposit the link like three or four times, but it's it's something that I didn't want in the first place. <laughs> so I think that that tie-in, Nick, of like making sure that it's something that is pertinent, that it is really, really easy for them um, to yeah. take action on that tactical piece is, is on point.
0: Yeah, not not the obvious, you know, tee up for the pitch, right? Hey, I thought you'd find this interesting. And it's basically like the white paper describing your product, right? Why would I find that interesting? Because it suits your wallet is kind of how the buyer feels. Uh, one of the things that I have that's effective is our marketing content. And I'll give that tip to every seller in this room. Put a one in the chat. If you rarely go to your own website, this is, like we're all guilty. It's okay. Put a one in the chat. If you're like me and you rarely go to your own website, 1.5, I appreciate that this is me all day, right? Our marketing team creates all this content and guess who knows our ICP better than anybody? Our marketing team. Go. What do they create? Can you leverage it? Send a screenshot, something that matters to your ICP. Use your marketing content as gives when you're reaching out to add value because they actually know. Uh, all right, that's awesome. Let's look at an example here. Nick, I think this one was yours,
2: right? Yeah. I mean, this Talk is about a- this one a little bit. <laughs> yeah this is the bad example this is i mean this is a sequence i received on linkedin most look like this you can tell it's automated and literally this is the length where it doesn't even get read that's why i say like um leslie brought up a point the other day look most people are watching or reading linkedin on mobile so i'm just skimming over this it's not even getting read so you got to keep it super short
0: Uh, short is impactful because that's how people, that's how we all consume in the modern, in the modern economy, right? Well, uh, somebody on a recent show said, I feel like we all have TikTok brains, right? We only have attention for so long. All of these messages are
2: far too long. Uh, so let's, let's continue on. What about this one? Um, yeah, this is, this is pretty much the same thing, just super, super long and boring it's not even getting read um and then putting your calendly link in the message uh only do that if someone has agreed to a meeting it's just a simple rule
1: there's a couple of things that i i don't love about that message um first and foremost the first two sentences are wasted like just a, a complete waste like i hope you're well do you you don't know me you are a stranger
0: do I you so, I, that's one that I talk about a lot I just got that one today I hope this message finds you well you guys have got to just remove that as a starter from your message uh who cares what someone's title is to icon
1: yes right and so like going back to the earn the rate like you haven't earned the right to care about me like you haven't earned the right for me to care about your job title tell me tell me what's in it for me and then a big plus one on the calendar length um I mean I I think it's sort of disrespectful and like an assumptive way to automatically send your calendar link to somebody. I I just think that's really gross. But I would say don't send any links in that first message. Yeah. Because the way the message shows up in LinkedIn is from bottom to top. Yep. So the first thing somebody's going to see is your Calendly or you know is whatever link you're sending. They're not even going to get a chance to see. Your message, but if you just have that, you know, to Nick's suggestion, one to three tight sentences, making it about something that that is relevant and valuable to them, they're actually going to read it, and then you're improving that possibility that they're going to respond significantly.
0: Yeah, you know, and that's the name of the game: improve the possibility that they are going to respond. No one is guaranteeing response here, but I think what we're saying is tighten up your message, and look at relevance and personalization differently, there are no guarantees here. What we can do is tell you the things that have been working, and let's be frank, the things that get our attention, the stuff that gets us to engage. Uh, that's, a, that's a good thing to consider. I want to give a sales navigator tip here. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about navigator. How can people exclude folks that don't fit into their ICP
2: using navigator? uh sure i have two hacks number one is putting uh per not parentheses but quotation marks around your job titles in the title section ah. it so you don't get variations of um like you may put director of sales and then if you do that you won't get like sales assistant or something like that so that's a small thing another one is just scroll through at least a couple pages when you build lists and look for patterns to exclude um you'll find all sorts of crap like sales recruiter or something like that and then there's a actual exclude button um if you hover over little filters it's like a little circle with a line through it exclude all of those before you hit a list or else you'll just start spamming
0: it's right here on the right yep for those of you that don't know that that exists if i'm looking to exclude anyone in atlanta that's my filter and you'll see that it's red when you put it into the exclude so uh let me get a two in the chat if you didn't even know that that feature existed let me put a two in the chat if that's the first time that you're seeing that filter while you guys are doing that uh let's pivot a little bit from some of the the bad ways the ways that kind of rub us the wrong way and let's talk about some of the better ways to reach out on linkedin uh, nick i think that you have this but i want leslie to kind of fill it in too and we all have some stories and some, some things that we can do. So talk about this flow here. What, why does
2: this work? Um, yeah, go ahead. Is, no, sorry, I, I I'm
1: it. saying I love it. Nice work. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, so the connection request, You'll it gets cut off after the first seven words. So when you write a connection request, you need to have a minimum of one personalizer in those first seven words, or people will not read it, they'll ignore it or decline it. After that, um, everyone likes their ego boosted, and so one thing i like to do is like um a saw you you know congrats on your career at disney just curious you know who handles procurement or some, you know and then ask like a really good discovery question after that just that one or two lines will get them to smile and engage um that works really well for us and then from my standpoint um linkedin is a social selling platform you need to like take it slow and build relationships. But in reality, we all have quotas to make. And so we'll talk about actually posting organic content later. But I think if your pitch is short and concise and relevant and value-driven, it's okay to pitch. Um, So we do that for clients in touch three, touch four.
0: Leslie, thoughts on that flow and the ways that you've seen be effective. Uh, I know especially the touch four, can I send you something?
1: Yeah. A C- couple of thoughts. One, there was a bullet point on an earlier slide that LinkedIn is outbound. Social selling is outbound. For whatever reason, because it's happening in that social platform, folks don't realize that they are doing outbound outreach. So use those same best practices and Nick, to your point, like at at some point when you have earned the rate, it is okay to ask for that meeting, to pitch, to say, is this you know is this worth it um so i think there's a a balance that people either go too hard and they connect and spam and like there's calendar links everywhere and it's gross or they just never ask for what they want which is the meetings like make sure that you are are finding the balance um one thing that i would maybe push back on or offer a different perspective on is um connection requests so i've done a lot of testing on this um and you get about the same connection rate with or without a message usually i get fire connection rates without a message here's the caveat though if you are connecting to start a conversation having that personalized connection request starts significantly more conversations ah uh. what i use linkedin for though is both like direct outbound campaigns where i want to meet with my decision maker and also influencer campaigns so if you're running an enterprise sales motion or any sales motion where you have an influencer campaign i do not spend any time sending a connection request that i mean i said the connection request i just don't put any text in there i just send them out um with the hope that folks connect with me and then i think we're going to parlay into this see my content and yeah. like when the decision maker meets with me and goes back to the influence, there's like, oh yeah, I saw this thing she posted, or I, you know, I downloaded this, I attended this JB Sales webinar that she was on. Um, so that's maybe one deviation that I'd make, but uh, otherwise, just really solid flow there.
0: I think one of the things that you said was optimize for mobile. And you had a reason for this, and I think it rings true for anybody that functions close to or above the power line. So talk about mobile optimization when you're using LinkedIn messaging. Leslie.
1: Leslie. Um, I go so hard on optimizing for mobile. So we know that, and this is true for, for cold email and for LinkedIn, um, we know that most people are going to see our message first on mobile, and literally all we're all we're wanting to get done at that first step is just for them to not delete it like best case scenario they reply but if we're looking at like bad good better like good is that they just don't delete it so that they look at it again later and that often will happen on a a desktop um, but we want to be able to have them not have to use their finger at all to see the entire message. Like that's the gist of it. I make every single sentence its own paragraph. So you really only can get like, I mean, maybe if you're writing very short sentences, like four or five tops, um, I think three is, is where I usually sit, like personalized intro, like something that's usually kind of templated. Then a call to action light. And that's my three sentences. Each is its own paragraph. Uh, nobody has to use their finger to look at my message. And mm-hmm. hopefully I don't get deleted on first class. This is kind of a good example of that.
2: Yeah. Th- so this is a real example of a message our client sent to win a meeting um, in one conversation thread. So at the top, he starts with a good, co- uh, good question. It's not a meaningless question like, how's the weather in Philly? It's, hey, I'm doing market research. This guy sells like a market research competitive analysis software. Um, Yo, who's your biggest competitor? This guy says like Rustoleum. And then he's like, okay, how about I I send you a free value, a mock dashboard of your competitors in our SaaS. Um, boom, wins the meeting. He wins a lot of meetings this way. So this is a good example of like being thoughtful about what you're going to do with those common answers uh, when you ask a good discovery question. So this is just a, a a good example.
0: Yeah. You know, we show you bad stuff. So then we have to show you good stuff as well. So if you guys didn't catch that flow, there is a guide that my man Nick put in there. Uh, so I, I do want to launch this before we start talking about content. Let's get ahead of it here. And remember, uh, your questions can go into the Q and A section. We're gonna leave time at the end, and you can upvote the questions that matter most to you. Uh, So you guys know, we leave time at the end to answer the questions that matter. uh, But look at the questions, upvote the ones that you think are good. That's a good good exercise to do. Uh, So let's talk about some more things that that make a difference. And I think this is the age of content, right? Everybody is starting to wake up to the fact that there's this path that all starts with content consumption. Uh, cleverly, cut its teeth on content that leads to revenue. Leslie, as a new founder, you're out here creating content, trying to create this magnet. Talk to me about what you've been doing to follow up with people that engage with your content.
1: Yeah. I mean, without the inbound lead flow from my content, both on LinkedIn and TikTok, I would not have been able to leave corporate. So like real living example of the the power of content uh, creation. Because I am a uh, full carbon like full full disclosure I'm a solopreneur so I just frankly don't need that many leads to be able to 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 do to do very thing. targeted yeah so I get to be very very targeted um one of my favorite ways and this is totally free you do not need sales now for this one of my favorite ways to uh, engage with people that engage with me that I want to work with is to ring their bell ah and so then I'm getting notified every time they post. And so for folks that don't know what the ring the bell feature is, anybody that is on creator mode in LinkedIn, right below their banner on their profile page, there's a little bell. If you ring it, you get notified when they post. Um, so I found that to be a, a really great way to stay close to the people that I want to work with that are that are clearly gravitating towards my content already.
0: Right, right. Uh, Nick, Your entire organization has been built on exactly what Leslie is describing here, like what leads to meetings, that leads to proposals, that leads to dollars earned. Uh, Your research has pointed to a few key things that perform well on LinkedIn. For anyone in the room that's never considered being more consistent on LinkedIn, this
2: slide, this image, capture it. Nick, break this down. Why do these perform? Yeah, there. the reality is a lot of content on LinkedIn falls flat and gets little to no engagement. And it, it takes people a long time to write posts. Like it's really intimidating and daunting at first. So we, we use a couple different things to make it stand out and work. The first is uh, to look at influencers in your space. So if you're an AESDR, go look at like Gong's SDRs. Like some of them are posting content and crushing it. Um, it's not complicated stuff. They just sell, uh, share like a story of a deal they got or one that went wrong. Um, so always just copy other people who have done it. That's what we do. Um, but as far as like three themes, my favorite ones are contrarian opinions. So things that your industry believes true, but actually doesn't work anymore. Um, those get more engagement than just like saying what everyone already agrees with. Um, so strike some controversy, tell stories, especially your personal story of some like huge thing you had to overcome. People love that stuff on LinkedIn. That's the stuff that hits. Um, and then lists, like you really have to educate to get sales. Like you can't just tell fluffy stories all day. You actually have to teach something. So I always say like three things I learned from this book or three things I learned from 21 years and. In the industry, blah, blah, blah.
0: Lists perform well. You said something there, though, that reminded me of something Leslie said. And Leslie said, just because it worked yesterday doesn't mean it will work today. Uh, so, you know, how do we gauge what's working and what's not and what we should keep doing um, other than the obvious, which is like, this earned me a meeting? Leslie, that was your quote. What? <laughs> it? just Um, because it worked last year doesn't mean it'll work this year
1: okay i obviously have a lot a lot of opinions on on content i'm creating across two platforms um so like first and foremost folks like do not overthink it right like i think that that's like the the biggest hurdle isn't like creating great content the biggest hurdle is getting out of your own head and just like creating content so like Mm. go out there start creating write a post tell a story from your own life have your contrarian opinion let's see 100 posts this afternoon saying cold calling is dead but like just start creating because in the beginning having that consistency of like a lot of the data right now is saying three times a week is ideal like having but like even once a week like pick a cadence that works for you and if that is once a week like show up once a week and like tell that story have that contrarian opinion and just get into the motion and then once you create that consistent habit then you can work on leveling up the quality of your content like here's the thing the the algorithm whatever the, like people are like a oh, shadow ban blah, blah 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 here's the reality of the situation if your content isn't getting reached most of the time it's because it's not good content mm-hmm. Uh and people, like it's not causing people to engage and leave comments and talk about it and share it. So create content that creates conversation. And that like, to your point about list is shareable because there's something tactical and actionable that they want to communicate to others.
0: Just having this conversation has me thinking about my content for the last week and going, have I been engaging enough? Like, uh, you know, because you, you want to, you want to create valuable content, but what does that mean? Does it mean value for me as a seller setting meetings that are qualified or does it mean creating for my target audience and just allowing it to take its own shape and do its own thing? Uh, and yeah, you know, (laughs) there's so many different pieces of that puzzle because the virality that we're all after is not always the desired outcome. And I think it can cause us to throw too wide of a net versus throwing a spear at the right time. Uh, Nick, that was something that you said was that virality is something that you can achieve with lead magnets these days on LinkedIn way better than you can in the past. So talk about lead magnets. Why is this something that sellers should be cognizant of?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, like same thing with value in the in the messaging, um, in direct messaging. You got to offer value the other day I had a post, get over 300 comments because I was like, here's my ultimate LinkedIn guide uh, comment process if you want it. And so people really want that, that free value as long as, as we've said, it's really, really packed with value. It communicated well. Um, so that's a good way to get actual leads. Like you booked tons of, tons of calls from that. Um, so yeah, that's it's another great way.
0: Let's look at another example of something that's been working. Break this down for us.
2: Yeah, this is just an example to go back to the direct outreach of an early personalizer uh, in the connection request and then a question. What I really like about this question is it's what I call an insider question. It's Mm. something that only their target market, who are nurses, understand. This immediately positions you as an expert instead of just asking some basic question. Like, even I don't even really understand what CDCES is, but uh, it's something in nursing, and this is like an excellent sequence that this guy's been using for two years without changing the copy. Uh, Nice, yeah.
0: Nice. Uh, we have we have lots of examples. I want to keep going so people can see real examples here.
2: Yeah. Th- so this is money. This is this post on the left literally got me seven thousand new connect new followers. How many? It literally was at. I think I was at like forty five hundred followers. I posted this and then went to twelve thousand overnight. Um, basically, Are there's nothing the crazy. <laughs> yes. Yes. So. This got over 3 million impressions. It's not rocket science. Um like it's not a crazy post. So I literally tried to understand why this went viral. Um my like realization was that most people on LinkedIn are employees and not business owners. And so instead of just me writing to RICP which is a CEO and sometimes a head of sales, um, I wrote, you know, some HR stuff. Which is, I think, is good to like mix in with the real valuable stuff because it it tends to get picked up pretty well on LinkedIn. Thirty
0: thousand. I mean, that is never nuts. have I ever. That's crazy. I mean, I have once, but it was kind of like what spiked the idea for say what sales to begin because I posted that and it went bananas. Uh, I I I I mean, wow, that's a, that's pretty impressive. Uh, okay, so real quick. Leslie, one last final tactic. You said no long signatures. Talk yes. to me about oh why the God. signature matters.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, it's pointless. Like, it's like going back to earn the right. Like, they nobody cares. Nobody cares what's in your email signature. And they don't need all of that information because they have your LinkedIn, your replying from your digital CD. Um. But also when we think about how the uh, messages are read top to bottom, all all they're going to see is your huge lawn signature. They're never even going to get to your message. So ditch ditch those signatures. Yeah. Um, and if you're somebody that just cannot detach from the idea of like including some sort of "I hope you're well," like at <laughs> the very least, move that to the very 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 end of oh. your message and have it be like "I hope you're well, comma Leslie," and that's the entire signature. That,
0: that's a very real tip right there. Move your niceties from the, the front of the email to the bottom of, of the, or not the email, but the message. Move it to the bottom so that they have to read the value through uh, before they get there. I want to answer some questions from the audience. These are our top three questions here. This one comes from Caitlin. Uh, what should we adjust if we're selling to industries not normally super active on LinkedIn? So let's talk about that for a minute. Nick, I think you've had some extensive experience here
2: yeah um leslie talked about this too i think it's number one i think most target audiences are on linkedin whether they're not as active as others is a different question um but there's a couple hacks number one there's two filters one is called posted in the last 30 days or 90 days Yep, uh, that'll show you people who are like super active on linkedin that's a sales navigator filter maybe a regular filter and then um Second degree connections is a great one. Um, instead of clicking third degree, only target secondary connections because they have a mutual connection between the two of you. You'll increase acceptance rates that way. Yeah.
0: Leslie, you mentioned, I think it was you that mentioned Team Link, right?
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Two of my favorite, favorite filters to use, and you do not need sales now for these, totally free for everybody, um, is filtering by connections of yeah. or followers of. Um, so very similar to like the, you know, the second degree, but, but going even a little bit more, uh, more focused. Like if I'm really looking for like folks that maybe want to attend a women in sales event, maybe I'll search for Sam's sales or something and see who's following her that might be more interested in going to something that is, that me, a similar persona is, uh, is hosting. So yeah, love, love that feature. It's a good
0: one. The one that I've enjoyed is I just want to see people that are not in my CRM. So I will go down on the filters on the right side, all the way down at the bottom, and you can just exclude people that are in your CRM. That's been helpful because if they're in your CRM, they're probably not new business. So that's a good one. Great question from Caitlin. I appreciate that. Uh, this one comes from Anonymous Attendee. We appreciate you, Anonymous. Thank anonymous you for asking. Attendee. Uh, is there a good way to recover if you've already reached out to somebody with a pitch in the first message and you didn't get a reply? Or do you want to totally forget about that client? <laughs> That's a good question, Anonymous. <laughs> or do you want to
1: totally send them a... death ship! that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, my take would be if you are feeling some hesitancy about your first message and you're not sure where to go with additional messages, go to engaging in the comments. That's a really easy way to build credibility and build exposure. Yeah. Maybe give, give some breathing room before you go back in with a follow up message. Yeah.
0: Yep. There was a question in here about team link. There's an option in there called team link. And what it'll do is show you uh, 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 the people that are connected to your
1: team and the people that your team is connected to. So check. You know what we didn't talk about? That's like probably the best filter to use in sales map is the one of people already following your company. Oh yeah. That's a good one. But like it's all the way over on the side. It's kind of hidden, but roll all the way over and figure out who's all already following your company and certainly prioritize those.
0: should be a nice warm conversation for those folks eh
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah so nick talk to me about uh anonymous attendees question here do you come back do you prospect somebody else do you let that person go
2: um is the question sorry what was the question
0: the question was, if if you already sent a pitch in your first initial message and you didn't get a reply, do you let that person go forever and never talk to them again? Or do you come back to them? And if so, what do you say? Uh,
2: I usually come back to them. Sometimes it's just a bump. Sometimes it's, I try to get ahead in an objection. I think they're thinking, um, like, hey, if now's not the right time, like, can I contact you when renewal is up? Like, yep. stuff like that. Um, not- or just like and engage with their content, like Leslie said, just keep, keep top of mind or hit them over email. Two, yeah
0: this is a good question from alex uh leslie what do you do about low connection rates
1: what do you do about who are you connecting with maybe you're connecting with the wrong people are you connecting with people that aren't active on linkedin i mean like when i when i'm sending up connection requests i i almost only send them to people that um have been active in the last 90 days because if you're like i that, i feel like we need more but like, you're doing something wrong
0: so re-examine, like so, re-examine your ICP for sure. That's yeah. probably a good place to start. And if you know it's VPs of Engineering, Alex, I see you in the comments there, uh, You know that that's something that you can adjust for. VP of Engineering seems like a very specific title to go after. What I would suggest is to go into your sent invites and look at the people you've invited in the past, withdraw those, and see what it is you sent them a connection request with. Was it blank? Was it personalized? Come back with blank if they were personalized. Come back with personalized if they were blank. That's what I would suggest. You got to go for a second attempt at the connection. Nick, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, just VP of engineering is pretty saturated, so combine it with something else. Either VPs of engineering at companies similar to your best client, so then you can say, "Hey, we work with Nike if you're targeting Adidas." That's much more likely to break through. Yeah. Um, college alumni, local city. There there's a lot of different ones, industry, um, Combine it with something and then make sure your message is good. Don't just say, hey, let's connect. I help people scale sales teams or <laughs> scale their engineering teams out. You know, really say like, I hey, saw you also lead engineering, um, yep. blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah. So combine it with some something else, but definitely secondary connections too, or like Leslie said, connections of. Yeah, there you go. Good tips right there. Uh these have been this has been a great show for people that use LinkedIn, people that
0: don't. Alex, feel free to connect with these two individuals. Leslie, how would he do that? Where would he go?
1: Ooh, find me on LinkedIn or on TikTok at sales tips talk. Hey, TikTok. That's
0: what's TikTok. happening. <laughs> Nick, how can people connect with you? Find you? Why would they do that?
2: Uh LinkedIn, that's where I post all my secrets.
1: <laughs> like real deep secrets? Yeah, really. But only 30,000 people know
0: about (laughs) only 30,000 people follow Nick. So don't worry, Um, but go and follow both of these people, connect with them, ask them questions about LinkedIn. Listen, LinkedIn will always, at least until something replaces it, be the number one place where business conversations can start. So make sure that you are going and connecting with these two LinkedIn experts. I want to thank you both for coming and investing your time with our audience and teaching them the things that, you know, sharing your expertise with us. Uh, We definitely appreciate that. So thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thanks, y'all.
0: Once again, if you want to learn more, check us out at sellbetter.xyz. And thank you, our audience, for coming and giving us your time. We know that it takes away from your selling time, but hopefully it adds to the things that you're doing during your selling time. That's what we're looking to accomplish here. If you want to follow us on social, feel free to do so. We are at sellbetter.xyz on TikTok and Instagram. And go ahead and post your best takeaway on LinkedIn about this LinkedIn episode, and make sure and tag us at Sell Better by JB Sales. Go ahead and tag Nick and Leslie while you're at it. And again, if you're looking for us tomorrow, we want to show you how to stand out with Lily Austin when you're selling to executives. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Have a great day. Get out there and make somebody smile today. Talk to you tomorrow, everyone.